What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, I'm Justin Michael. It's Tuesday, August 23rd. It was a gorgeous morning up in Fort Collins, able to watch some of practice today. Also able to catch up with Matt Mummy and freshman quarterbacks Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, and Jackson Stratton. I'll talk a little bit later on about what I learned from Mummy. Also going to talk about what we learned from Jay Norvell. He spoke with the media yesterday for uh, about 20-ish minutes during his first of uh, his weekly press conferences this year. He'll do one every Monday, along with two student-athletes. We heard from Ajon Bivens and Devin Phillips. So I'll just kind of dive into what I've been able to learn over the last day or so. Should be a fun podcast. Have you know learned a lot as far as you know CSU's mindset going into this Michigan game. Um, I, I'm eventually gonna have a feature on the, those young quarterbacks, so that's gonna be cool. Before we get into all that, though, I did want to talk about Trey McBride, who made his preseason debut with the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday night. No catches for Trey in a 24-17 loss to Baltimore. The Ravens have won something dumb, like 22 preseason games in a row. What I actually wanted to talk about, though, was just the, the, the crazy amount of overreactions I saw after this game, even from you know some of the Cardinals media. Trey, you know, he, he missed the first preseason game with some back tightness, came out in this one, did not have any catches. Like I said, two targets, a couple of nice blocks. I shared those on Twitter. On the other side, though, Isaiah Likely, another rookie tight end. I believe he was the eighth tight end selected in this past draft. Trey was obviously tight end one. Likely had eight receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown. Really, really good game. Uh, He's a guy I liked coming out of Coastal Carolina. The point of this is not to take shots at him or be dismissive, but I mean, I just saw all these takes like Trey was overdrafted or, you know, likely had the game that McBride should have had. And I just, I don't understand why we're putting stock into these glorified exhibitions. Preseason has never mattered less than it currently does in the NFL. Some coaches are straight up punting on it. And look, you know, I'm not trying to say there's no value in preseason. It's an opportunity in particular, you know, for guys that were drafted in later rounds, undrafted free agents to you know, make their case for the team in a live rep scenario. I get all of that. But back in the day, you know, you used to have a lot of starters and you could kind of gauge, you know, how a rookie did because he was playing with a bunch of ones. But nowadays, you know, you might have one starter, a couple of starters out there, probably none. And it's just kind of a hodgepodge of a guys out there, you know, a mix between twos and threes and fours. And, you know, I just, I don't understand how you're, you're supposed to, act like you can get anything from that. They don't have a ton of reps together. It's not what it will be in the regular season. Who cares? I get that in this current content cycle that we live in, there's a need to always have something unique to say, to say something that'll stand out after the game. But like I said, the truth is, this preseason just really does not matter that much anymore. And instead of having these you know, bold opinions after a glorified exhibition, maybe wait and see until we have some real football, you know? I just, more times than not, in in hopes of, you know, having the big, unique take that comes off, you eventually just look like like an asshole down the road. And 
don't know, I just think it's silly. I think the the need to get a hot take out there has has really led to a lot of crappy sports content. I mean, ESPN and FS1 outside of when they have a broadcast are straight up unwatchable. I, I can get access to Peacock with my cable subscription, so I'm able to watch Dan Patrick show in the morning, and that's that's a godsend, honestly. I just think having, you know, preseason hot takes are, are ridiculous and overreacting to this one game is so dumb. And again, I, I think likely is a really good tight end. He had a great game. Good for him. He's definitely not better than Trey. Anyways, I've, I've said my piece on it at this point. I just think it's crazy. The, uh, the need to get all these takes off and the fact that people can't just, you know, take a breath and, and you know, <laughs> Get to the regular season. Um, the other thing that I wanted to address before we get into what I learned from Norvell yesterday and then Mummy today, I wanted to talk about a rumor that's floating around on Twitter. You may have seen it. A couple of different people have posted it that allegedly San Diego State representatives informed their student athletes that they're going to be leaving the Mountain West. Um, I don't know. The whole thing seems... Pretty suspect to me. Um, that's just not really how that process works. I was gonna do a whole segment on it, but I don't. I don't even want to give it that much attention. I just. I, I just don't think it's a valid report. I mean, we'll see. I'm not trying to get personal or anything. Uh, one of the accounts that, that posted it, I actually like. But the university would not be telling the student athletes they were leaving unless it was something that was set in stone. I mean, that that's just the reality of the situation. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say. If San Diego State was, was leaving, I, it would come out a different way. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about what we learned from Norvell and what we learned from Matt Mummy and the conversations with the young quarterbacks. Real quick, though, college football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, new customers can bet $5 on any team. Then get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. You can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. All you got to do is place multiple bets in one, like which team will score first, which team is going to win. Boom, you've got yourself an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want to. Hit a big bet. You can pull your cash out right then and there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR. Bet $5 on college football. Get $200 in free bets instantly. That code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. Restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. If you are a DNVR member, you saw my piece yesterday that went over everything that you should know from Norvell's press conference. If you're not a member, you're missing out. You get first access on everything that I learn. I, I personally think I'm a better writer than podcaster, but I think we're getting there because this has actually been our uh, best month ever on the podcast. So shout out to all of you. Anyways, um, CSU football is in game mode for Michigan. Fall camp is over. That was kind of the big thing that we talked about. 
Um, I'm going to go over just a, a list of things that we learned from Norvell, some takeaways from fall camp, the mindset going into Michigan, all that fun stuff, starting with the fact that CSU, knock on wood, as of right now, is relatively healthy and moving well after fall camp. Norvell talked about how encouraging that is, so that they got in quite a bit of contact. Um, they're not going to do any more scrimmages. You know, they don't want to have dead legs between now and the start of this season. I will say that CSU's been fairly beat up pretty frequently during my time on the beat coming out of fall camp. So this is this is good. And I mean, for an old school coach, Norvell strikes me as a guy that is just very adaptable. I mean, I guarantee you this isn't the way that they were doing things back when he was at Iowa. But he's been in, in the game a long time and he's seen how it's evolved. He's seen what they've learned. And he's taking that and he's adjusting. Not sure how much room for growth there was with the with the previous regime. Not sure there was a whole lot of self-reflection going on either. The Rams will do a mock game on Saturday. Like I said, they won't do a full scrimmage. They've gotten in plenty of contact at this point. Don't want to push it too much. You know, especially going into that Michigan game, you want to be as healthy as you can. Really what the mock game is is for, it's just a chance to go through the routine of game day. You know, do a pregame stretch, you know, going through the tunnel as a team. They will get in some work in, in half pack. That's what Norvell references. It, it just means they're going to be in shoulder pads and, and shorts. They won't be in full pads. They'll also do some situational work, you know, goal line scenarios, uh, two minute drill type of type of stuff you always do, you know, leading up to a game. But more than anything, it's it's just the chance to like go through that routine. They're gonna have the the practice, you know, mock game or whatever. Their their work start at exactly 10 a.m. Mountain time, which is you know the same time it'll be kicking off against Michigan a week later. It's just all about the routine. I mean, coaches they they, they love routines, and actually, you know, that's why I was curious and it's why I asked about it, even though maybe could have waited a week, but. I was just curious, given the fact that you are playing in the big house, it's the biggest stadium in the country, NFL or college, obviously a unique atmosphere. If you change your routine at all, you know, or if you change anything that you do going into that game, and if there's even any value in that, especially because, and it's not exactly like you can, you know, replicate 110,000 people, you can, you can play some really loud speakers, but it's, it's just not the same energy. And essentially what Norvell said was, you know, while he will talk about the atmosphere, they'll do some things as far as, you know, simulating the the sound. They, they actually played Hail to the Victors at, at today's practice. My, my Gramps would be very proud that I was able to recognize that. Michigan alum heard that fight song many, many times in my childhood. Anyways, getting back on, on track here. While they will, you know, talk about the atmosphere, it's unique, it's fun. Norvell's excited for his players to, to get to experience it. They're just trying to focus on, on themselves as a team. I mean, this is a, a big game for them. It's a big opportunity for this team after all of fall camp. But Norvell just wants them to, to focus on themselves, and he wants to focus on, on his football team. And I think it's the right move. You know, I don't, I don't want to put words in his mouth. Again, they, they will address that it's a unique atmosphere and all that, but Generally speaking, it kind of seems like they're going into it with the mindset that, you know, this is just another football game. And I think that's the right move. You know, the, the players understand what it is. You understand you're going into 
a crazy environment, you know, the biggest stadium in the country, the heart of Big Ten. I mean, everyone gets it. If you followed college football growing up, you you watched games at Michigan. I mean, none of these players are going to be ignorant to the fact that it's an insane atmosphere. But when you start talking about it every day, when you hype up, you know, the fans and just how different it's going to be and focus on, on all of that, I think it's it's easy to get caught up in the moment and it's potentially easy to get psyched out when, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're still just playing football. But I just thought his response was interesting. Uh, you know, you can't really you can't really replicate something like the big house anyways. So I, I just think that it's good to try and go into it with as, as much of a normal mindset as you can. Uh, moving on, what else we learned from Norvell? You know, coming in into the spring, they were really worried in particular about the depth that they had at, at wide receiver and defensive back. You know, when Norvell was initially hired, they didn't even have enough guys to practice. So it, it was a big you know, point of emphasis for them on the recruiting trail. And now, after the talent that they've added via the transfer portal and, you know, the young freshmen, I think both of those are, are two of the strongest position groups that they have on the team now. And, you know, Norvell said that he really likes the, the spot that they're at now with both receivers and defensive backs. Personally, I still think they, they could use another corner or two. You know, Greg Leday, DeAndre Greeley, Chigo Zanuziam, their number one corner. Those guys have have greatly boosted the depth that you have there, and, and it gives you a chance, which is exactly how Norvell phrased it. But outside of those guys, you don't have a ton of size at corner. The benefit is, is you're so flexible with the, the safeties and, and nickels and, and guys that you have. I mean, Angel King has been playing free safety, but he got some reps in at corner in the scrimmage. He could play corner if you needed it to. You have Blackburn and Howell. Both those guys can play safety. You know, Francis has played safety. He's played nickel. You could probably put him at slot corner in certain situations. The red zone, I think. I don't know if I would see him doing that up and down the field. Guzman is, has flashed at times. You know, I, I just think that they're in a pretty good spot when it comes to receiver and DB, and, and that's big for for both of these schemes. Obviously, the air raid and the four two five, you gotta be strong at receiver and you gotta be strong at DB. There, there's a ton of really good defensive backs in this conference. You know, Skinner at Boise State is a stud. Uh, Tavion Combs in New Mexico is a guy I like a lot. Patrick McMorris of San Diego State, I think, is one of the more versatile and underappreciated defensive players in the entire country. I think a couple of these guys have a chance to be really you know, revered in, in that same conversation by the end of the year. The secondary is just so much more athletic than what we've seen in the last couple of years. And this receiving room is is just deep. I mean, it's obviously really athletic as well, but it's it's really good. One thing I will say, and I don't really know why I've been thinking about this, maybe just because I've been getting a lot of a lot of tweets on it. When you have as many talented guys at the skill positions as CSU does, you got to remember that everybody's stats aren't necessarily going to be insane just because you have more guys that are making plays. And the reason that I even bring this up is I've had a lot of people tweet at me like, I wish I could have seen Trey McBride with this staff. And trust me, I would have loved to have seen him eat it, you know, in the, in the air raid too. He wouldn't have won the Mackie though. And it's not because he's not talented enough. It's just because there would have been way more guys around him. He wouldn't have been getting 
you know, 100 plus targets, 90 plus catches in this system. Guarantee we would have scored more touchdowns, but, you know, he, he wouldn't have won the Mackey. He, he definitely wouldn't have. He just, he got force fed a lot of targets last year. I mean, really outside of, of him and Dante, the staff didn't target anyone that consistently. And, you know, it's, that's why it's great to have, for somebody like, you know, Ty McCullough. He's going to have a big year. But I, I just wanted to bring it up because, you know, some of these guys, they could go a couple of games without having a big game or they might just not put up the numbers that you were expecting them to individually. And with a lot of these guys, I don't think it's going to be that they're not capable of doing it. I just think it's going to be because the ball is going to get spread around. I mean, obviously, quarterbacks, naturally, they're going to have their go-to targets. I mean, Torrey Horton, that guy's going to get a lot of looks. You know, Melquan Stovall, you know, Ty, Dante, Tanner. Those guys are going to get a lot of looks, but it could very realistically be a, a season where, you know, Jesse Matthews, a wide receiver for San Diego State, has, you know, 12 touchdowns. And instead of anybody on CSU having double digits, they have six or seven guys who all have five. And that'll be better. Probably not six or seven guys having five touchdowns. Bit of a bit of an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? They could have multiple guys that all are making an impact, but it's not necessarily going to be one guy that's just absolutely dominating by himself. That's going to be, be it's going to be better for CSU as a team. Then the, uh, the last thing we kind of learned from Norvell is just that he was satisfied with camp. You know, it was about getting everybody a lot of reps. They, they didn't get that complicated. I think it was just getting everybody familiar with the system. Obviously the FBS transfer is trying to establish, you know, chemistry and, and familiarity together. At this point, though, they, they just need to play games, and that's what Norvell said. They're, they're just really itching to play games. There's only so much you can do in seven-on-sevens and even scrimmages because, you know, you know the other team so well. It's a different pace. It's a different atmosphere. You've got to be out there and, and get punched in the mouth together and, and respond to really know what type of team you're going to be. This 2022 Rams team has talent. They do, and they're well-coached on both sides of the football. I can say that confidently. I very much believe in Freddie Banks, and I you know, clearly believe in Norvell and Mummy and what this offensive system can do, because I've seen it firsthand in the league now for five years, and having watched them you know, in, in spring ball and fall camp now for a couple months, I, I can see you know, the, the impact they make on the field. They're extremely well-coached on both sides. You've got the talent. But it's going to take time. They're going to be a high-variance group. There are going to be stretches where the offense really clicks and, you know, they show flashes of the Nevada Wolfpack from last year. And there are going to be, you know, moments where the defense looks really athletic and looks like the dominant, you know, Montana State defense that Freddie Banks coordinated last year. And then there's going to be moments where it looks a little bit rough because that's what happens when you have, you know, 60 new players. But I genuinely do think by the second half of this season, you're going to see a, a team that can be pretty dangerous and, you know, really make things interesting in the Mountain West. They've got a tough schedule. You know, Boise State, San Jose State, those are good teams that they got to play. Going to Nevada, that's going to be a tough game just because it's going to mean so much to them. The border war is always intense. Air Force is going to be one of the best teams in the league. I mean, they've got a really tough schedule. Got a couple of winnable ones in there. You know, Hawaii at home, obviously. Got to win that one. Got to beat New Mexico. But... I, I do think that, you know, after some some bumps in the road, by the end of the season with, with the coaching that you have and the talent that you have, this is going to be a pretty fun group. And I think it could be a, very similar to like 2013. I'm not saying it's going to end with 
you know, the insane New Mexico bowl finish, but, you know, probably lose a frustrating game or two early on. And then you win some ones that you maybe shouldn't later on. I mean, that's, that's part of the process when you're flipping a program. But I'm going to move on. I want to talk about what I learned from Matt Mummy today. Shout out to Jay Norbell for his weekly press conference. He's always great with us. Much different vibes from the press conferences last year. Real quick, the dog days of summer are almost over, which means it's time to see Russ Cook at mile high, watch Jokic 3 at MVP, or a championship defense from Kale McCarr and crew at Ball Arena. Whether live and in person or from the best seat in your house, FOCO has you covered with the best fan gear, gifts, and collectibles. They've got everything from the perfect tote bag and tumblers to hoodies and Henleys. Stanley Cup touting bobbleheads, they have got it all. FOCO has our backs for Colorado sports, and they have yours too. Get yourself decked out from head to toe and throughout your home by checking out FOCO.com. Make sure that you use the promo code DNVR for 10% off all non-sale items. That is FOCO.com and use DNVR for 10% off your non-sale items. I also want to talk about the official beer of DNVR. That is, of course, Breckenridge. Breckenridge Brewery has beers on tap and regular seltzers at the bar. You guys know we love Breck. I mean, they're a big part of everything that we do from the tailgates to watching games again at the bar. I mean, they're a part of my life. My significant other actually works for Breck and is a big part of what they do. Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice cold Breck Brew. I'm a big avalanche guy. It's still sour season, according to me. So I'm big on Mountain Beach as well. But you can go try their Juice Trop IPA, their Summer Pill Shandy, Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter. They have got a beer for everyone. They just, they take pride in making quality products and they take pride in their community. And that's why we love them. That's why we love working with them. And it's why they have become one of the most popular breweries in the state. Check out the Breck Beer Locator to find the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever near you that sells all of their awesome, delicious options. Again, check out the Breck Brew Locator. All right, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I've already gone a little bit longer on some of this stuff than I intended. Also, I have a feature coming out, so I don't want to spoil it all. But I was able to catch up with Matt Mummy today, associate head coach slash quarterbacks coach. Also got to talk to Jackson Stratton and Braden Fowler-Nicolosi, the other quarterbacks that signed upon in the uh, recruiting class last year. Really, really good guys. Very enjoyable interview with both of them. One of the things that I was curious on was, you know, what was the recruiting pitch like? What was it framed like as far as a QB competition would go when they came in? And, you know, Mummy told me, you know, he was pretty straightforward with them, told them it would be a competition. They'd have a chance to show their stuff. But obviously with Clay Millen already having a year under his belt, it was kind of his job to lose. Both the the young guys told me that's, you know, essentially exactly how it was framed to them. Uh, so that's cool that they embraced that. They came in, they're they're eager to learn. And it seems like that quarterback room as a whole is just a a really good group. You know, they've got good vibes going on. I, I wondered if it would be, you know, petty. And according to them, it's not like that at all. They all hang out. They play video games together. Uh, Clay has been very open as far as, you know, giving them tips, showing them what they need to do. So it's a good group. Uh, you know, I, I kind of doubt that you'll keep them all. It's a, it's a unique situation given that you have three, you know, really four, I guess. They're not all true freshmen, but four freshman quarterbacks. 
the likelihood of them all staying is is you know very very slim but right now it's it's fun to see and it's cool to see how they're you know kind of all coming of age together and you know growing up together and you know learning this system it's it's a fun vibe in general and, and mummy's definitely enjoying it you know he talked about how different it is nowadays versus you know last year when carson strong was in his third year in the system he was essentially you know on autopilot now mummy gets to do what he loves which is you know help coach these guys up and, and teach them and i just think that they're they're really vibing well off of each other i've said that word way too many times in the last two minutes but it really is it's a good deal i will have a feature coming out on that at some point i still need to talk to pooler who's a, another guy i like a lot so i, I just think it's fun to, to watch these guys compete and it's crazy that legitimately they have four guys on the roster that all throw better than anything we saw over the last two years. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, keep an eye out for that feature. Um, Mummy credited Millen for the, the growth that he's, that he's shown as a leader, you know, talked about how driven he is, you know, at times, you know, would like him to just kind of be a little bit more of a college kid, but that, that seems to be the deal with Clay. He's very driven, you know, very meticulous, knows what he wants, and that's obviously a, a good approach to have when you're the leader of the offense. I'm looking forward to seeing how everybody progresses here in the next year or so. As far as what's coming up, we'll have practice again tomorrow. I'll have an opportunity to hear from Jay Norvell after that. There is practice Thursday, but no availability, so I won't be there for that one. It's just too far of a drive from Denver to come up to not talk to anyone. Again, they have the mock game Saturday before next week. They go fully into game mode. So, I mean, the season is is officially here. I do want to shout out the DMVR bar, which is reopening after being renovated. Great spot to watch games this fall for folks in the metro area, especially located off Colfax and York, right by East High School. Really great spot. It's, it's fun, especially when it's rocking. I mean, some of those Stanley Cup games, Nuggets games were were insane. Unfortunately, last year, uh, we did not have an opportunity to do any crazy CSU watch parties, just given the, the state of the team. The Iowa watch party was actually pretty fun. This fall should obviously be, you know, a lot different than the last couple. So I, I think we have an opportunity here to have some, some pretty fun watch parties. I'll be there for some road games, some road games. I'll be out with the, you know, covering the team in person. But, you know, whether I'm there or not, it, it's still a great opportunity for Ram fans to come together and, you know, have some beers and support a local business and just have fun, man. That's what it's all about. The community coming together, supporting the green and gold. All right. That's all I have for today. Again, I'll be back tomorrow after we hear from Norvell. Watch practice again. Michigan's coming up, man. I cannot wait. We'll get some guests on the podcast here in the next week or so as well. It's going to be fun. Shout out to all of you. Much love. Peace. Skinny looking kid with the cuff khakis wearing graphic tees feeling way too trendy raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice. But water's the truth so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.